Hey guys, it's Mark here from ETH Tracker and this is Exchange Traded Fridays for the week ending the 5th of November 2021. This is issue number 16 and we're nearly at the end of the year. So please do make sure to either subscribe to etftracker.com.au or check out the videos. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube or listening in on Spotify, do make sure you subscribe so you can get all the latest and greatest. Each week, every Friday we do that. It's called Exchange Traded Fridays for a reason. The reason we do this as well is because there's a newsletter that we put out each week that goes through what has happened in the local and global ETF markets. And lately there's a lot of news. So um, hopefully you are already a subscriber. If so, tell your friends, tell your family, you know, if they're interested in ETFs to come aboard and yeah, get into the news that we've got here. If this is the first time that you're seeing this, ETF Tracker has a whole list of resources on the website at etftracker.com.au. There is a app which is in Power BI and that is an analytics app where you can look at holdings across the 240 plus ETFs in Australia and you can look at holdings, you can look at metrics that are published on the ASX and Chi-X and more. But getting to the news, let's take a look this week at what has happened. So I'll share my screen now. So this is preview mode of what is going out tomorrow. So we film this on the evening of Thursdays, um, evening afternoon on Thursdays and each Friday morning it goes out. So what happened this week was that if you haven't been paying attention, there's been a lot of news on the Bitcoin ETF craze that is uh, kind of happening right now. Craze, movement, whatever you call it, it has a lot of momentum behind it. So in the US a couple of weeks ago, there was the first Bitcoin filing for a futures-based ETF. Here in Australia, we're seeing that ASIC has effectively given the green light to Bitcoin-type ETFs, but only of certain types. So they, you will very likely not see any alternative kind of coins there. It's got to be one of the major ones that's got a lot of volume and it's a bit more reliable in that space. So, uh, and then also we saw in the news that Combank is now allowing for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency type trading through Comsec. So all of this is kind of pushing things forward. So it's really, really interesting. So we have a look at that here. Um, who will be the first to list an Australian listed uh, Bitcoin ETF? Will it be on the ASX? Will it be on ChiX? Who will it be? Will it be VanEck or BetaShares or Monochrome Asset Management or some of these others that have filed? It's going to be an interesting race, that's for sure. And then also this week, uh, because the Australian Shareholders Association is doing their ETF and LIC forum, their virtual investor forum, we got to feature in a video with Rachel from the ASA. She's the CEO over there doing a lot of great interviews and work, uh, basically pushing forward the knowledge and education for retail investors here in Australia. So make sure you take a look at that video that's just here below. I'll show you a preview of it now, actually. So let's see if we can hear this. ETF Tracker, an Australian-focused ETF research and interactive analysis platform. And then we get into some of the questions as well. after you invest in stocks and equities and then even bonds that are overseas sitting in this position right here been trending in terms of various statistics not just pricing statistics there's more to it so we went through holdings data we also went through uh, information on what are some of the performance metrics and how you can assess you can you can you can use that information to assess a group of etfs or single etfs so that was pretty cool so check that out that's at the start of the newsletter 
The rest of the newsletter, as I said, is the local and global articles, ETF videos, podcasts, tweet of the week, chart of the week, ETF education, and more on the ETF tracker app. So check that out. Now, let's get to the news, what's happening in the local markets this week. So first of all, there's this one from the AFR, Australian Financial Review. Bitcoin ETF gets ASIC nod, but altcoins left out. And as we mentioned there, that is huge news. Uh, and it's in response to the consultation paper that they had, CP343. A lot of people, uh, a lot of companies responded to that. So they get the green light to have Bitcoin backed ETFs. There's going to be strong scrutiny on these launches. So altcoin, <clears throat> pardon me. Altcoins will likely not make the cut. So let's take a look at this one here from Alex Vikovic over there at the AFR. And he says here, um, so in this one, they talk uh, about what ASIC has basically proved. It was on Friday. So came out last Friday. I didn't make the cut for the last uh, newsletter, but it does uh, make it here. So they say here, we recognize the interest in and demand for ETPs and other investment products that hold crypto assets in Australia, ASIC reports said. Putting the onus on markets, uh, market operators such as the Australian Securities Exchange and Chiax to approve products that meet their criteria. So now the baton has been passed from ASIC, have effectively given this green light. Now it's over to the ASX and Chiax, so we'll see what they do. And as I mentioned here, BetaShares, VanEck and Cosmos Asset Management are understood to have products in development. And as you guys might know, BetaShares uh, today, they list their CRYP, C-R-Y-P, ETF and that starts trading today. There's also DIGA, which started trading last week uh, from Cosmos Asset Management. And then also there's the FTEC from ETF Securities. And those are all um, on the surrounding areas of Bitcoin. So they don't invest directly in Bitcoin. So it's not quite, um, you know, to some that is a Bitcoin ETF because it's Bitcoin indirectly related, uh, but it is not the spot price of Bitcoin. That is not yet. We're waiting on that but you can get exposure to the blockchain, crypto and Bitcoin and all that kind of stuff through these ETFs that are out there. So global interest has surged. They talk about here the 18 year record um, for a futures, sorry, for an ETF listing uh, from ProShares, which is BITO that amassed $1 billion of assets in two days. So uh, they talk about uh, for a couple of further things here. So ASIC took the controversial step to limit the inclusion of crypto assets to those with a robust and transparent pricing mechanism. A large number of institutional backers and crucially irrelevant futures market for trading linked derivatives. So there's a lot of criteria that ASIC has put into what can be made uh, or considered as a Bitcoin or crypto type ETF. So it's worth a look at there and whether or not it's going to be Chiax or the ASX, we shall see. So that's that one. Um, this one that I haven't put the title on, but is from Business Insider, ASIC Greenlights Bitcoin ETF. So more on the announcement of ASIC Greenlighting, the trading of Bitcoin Ethereum related ETFs and how Crypt, the blockchain ETF from BetaShares is set to launch, which is today. Um, there's also this one from DIG, called DIGA, D, uh, Digger, I guess you could call it, Cosmos Asset Management, which launched last week. Still early days here, but even if there's... Um, enough of these types of cryptocurrency or blockchain related ETFs in the Australian market, they'll probably need their own category on the ASX and CHI-X list. So currently the ASX and CHI-X have uh, global ETFs, local ETFs, uh, and in the equity space, as well as fixed income, they've got property, commodity. If we get enough, we might need to see cryptocurrency or blockchain related as its own type of uh, asset class, for example. So that could be quite interesting there. So more on the asset green lighting of uh, a Bitcoin type ETF. 
And then this one, AFR CDA to add crypto to its banking app. So this is a continuation of the wave of momentum behind crypto assets. We see that uh, CBA are allowing Comsec, that's the trading platform for CBA, if you didn't already know that, to access cryptocurrencies. So we'll see what happens with that one here. So from James Ayers over there at the AFR. So cryptocurrency prices have surged, fallen and surged again this year as investors sought out alternative assets and speculated on their gains. So we'll see basically what happens as they make this available via the Comsec app. Um, so CBA didn't provide yet um, I think there might be something more now but as this article was published there wasn't much further information about its formal uh, kind of announcement and plans but worth a look at here and how this fits into the CBA a digital ecosystem so if you wanted to trade on something that you already have I mean currently you've got to go to Binance or Coinbase or other places SwiftX or even eToro to get access to these cryptocurrencies but potentially you'll be able to do that directly from a comsec and who knows we'll probably see the other banks do that as well uh, so worth a look at there now outside of bitcoin blockchain and all that kind of stuff we've got this article here from livewire market so 12 stocks and six ETFs for the next part of this cycle so they talk with nathan lim from morgan stanley and he goes through the various stocks as well as etf picks that he uh, is seeing that are of interest in this next cycle of the market where interest rates are likely to rise he flags Qual, QHAL, BNKS, which is the bank's one. Um, Qual was great because that won the passive index of the year, passive ETF of the year. I can't remember who the, uh, I think it might have been Lonsec, and we, we had that in a previous newsletter, so worth a look. VVLU, which is a value ETF, Fuel, and IWQU. So IWQU is a London listed ETF, so don't look at that on the ASX and Chiax exchanges because you will not find it, but you can look at it elsewhere if you do invest overseas. So in this one, you can see here from Livewire, if you haven't signed up to Livewire, it is free to sign up and take a look at all the great articles that are out there. And so you can see here, he talks about energy. So he's categorized those into different kind of groupings. So there's energy, Karun Energy, Shenley Energy, Beta Shares, Global Energy Companies, which is fuel. Uh, there's also materials. You can see here South 32, 29 Metals, Financials, is Westpac Banking and Macquarie Group, Beta Shares Global Banks, so it's the BNKS ETF. Factor-based, so there's this value one from Vanguard. There's the Van Eck Qual and the Quality Hedged ETFs, QHAL. And there's also this iShares Miski World Quality Factor. So big on the quality factor as well as value, which is interesting because um, quality's done really, really well, right? And uh, momentum hasn't uh, has taken a hit. If you think about the factors, there's momentum and quality and value, and there's probably other factors out there as well, but those are the main three. So those are worth looking at. Cyclicals, uh, there's Quantus Airways and Corporate Travel Management, Tyro Payments, and then Defensives, which is Telstra Corporation, Sonic Healthcare, APA Group. So if you want to take a look at that article, make sure you sign up for Livewire and click on the link here. Okay, and then there's this other one from Morningstar, Decoding an ETF's DNA. And this is quite interesting because it goes through a topic that I think uh, investors need to look at. And so we've had interviews with people talking about market making, getting to understand that. We've spoken to advisors, we've spoken to ETF issuers and exchanges and robo-advisors as well. Now, this is important here because oftentimes it's not spoken about, but how an ETF, uh, the index, that, or how an ETF basically is built to track an index and how that all works and the cycle of index construction. So there's this chart here 
which shows that there's a kind of process that is continuous. It starts off with an investment universe. There's selections made from that, weightings given to those selections, constraints put on that. There's rebalancing that occurs, and that might be quarterly or half yearly. And then it goes back to selecting from that universe again because the markets change and evolve, and so do your ETFs. So ETFs do rebalance. So worth a look at here from Morningstar, and they've got great stuff there. Uh, they've got these great articles. There's an ETF section that they have as well. And they've also got a really good podcast that we featured before as well. And they had something on ETFs. It was a two-part series a couple of weeks ago, so worth a look at. So they suss out the process here and how the circle of index construction works. So it's important because you need to understand how your ETF is put together. So they talk about the circle of index construction and uh, it's important to remember that indexes are living things. They measure the markets, they're affected by the markets just as much and they're always evolving. So the circle is meant to evoke this vitality. So that's great. Uh, and there's a couple of things there about what is the universe, the selection, the weighting, the constraints, Take a look at that. And then the traits of the best indexes. So they go through what makes a really good index across factors like representative. Does it represent the, uh, the, the index? Do the underlying assets represent that well? Is it diversified? Is it investable? Because the worst thing would be that you have an index and unfortunately it's illiquid assets that are just not investable or very hard to buy in and buy out and sell out. Transparent. Is it transparent? Is it sensible? Doesn't make sense there. So yeah, it's worth a look at all of this kind of stuff. And there's also the um, turnover conscious uh, area there. So take a look at that Morningstar article. And then here we are, uh, the ETF Securities Weekly Report. Um, we've got the old one linked here, but we will link to the new one. So we'll actually just go to that now. So we go to ETF Monitors and then ETF Weekly Monitor for the uh, 29th of October. So that's last week. It comes out on Tuesday earlier this week, but it is here in case you've missed it. But Subscribe to ETF Security so you can see that straight away. If we download the monitor, we'll take a look here. We'll see what did well last week in terms of total uh, price performance. So the one-week total return, Hydrogen, HGen, did 10.2% in that week ending the 29th. So that did really well, followed by Clean Energy from Van Eck, followed by the long NASDAQ, 7.5% up. Um, that's also from ETF Securities, what did poorly short NASDAQ as would be expected if one's doing well the other one's not because they are leveraged ETFs so just uh, be aware of those there's pros and cons to getting into leveraged ETFs physical platinum also did poorly as well as China large cap from iShares so worth a look at okay and we'll come back here now we're at the uh, global articles so only three this week and this one is from the Financial Times BlackRock cuts fees on 14 billion in ETFs um, so in this article, BlackRock has reduced fees on its various iShares ETFs by up to 15 basis points and maybe more, which is about 14 billion in fees. This will hopefully drive more inflows for them across the various ETFs there. Uh, they have reduced fees for including the iShares Miski USA Equally Weighted ETF and the iShares GNMA Bond ETF and more. And you can see some of that in the article here. So it is this race uh, to maybe not zero, but maybe it is, um, you can see uh, what ETFs have been affected here. So there's the iShares Core Aggressive Allocation ETF. If you're a global investor, you're probably in some of these ones already. So worth a look at here from the Financial Times. They've also got a dedicated page to ETFs, the ETF Hub. So definitely uh, one to look at. 
This other article here from the Financial Times is smart beta fails to match returns of bullish tech equities. And out of the three main factors that we mentioned, uh, momentum, quality, and value that are often used to construct smart beta ETFs. Um, most of them have done poorly except for quality, um, which has done well, but there's other factors like min vol, e.g. low volatility, and um, they've also had issues too. So this article looks at why these factors have underperformed, such as things like cyclicality, where we are in the markets, market anomalies, and the changing nature of industries themselves. So some of these factors were built when and did well uh, based on uh, the way things were like 20, 30 years ago. And we know that industries themselves have changed. We're getting to Web 3.0. We're seeing um, play to earn and things like that happening in the gaming space. The economy and the way companies and people interact with um, technology is changing. So worth a look at that. And this one here from Seeking Alpha Fount Investments launches ETFs covering the metaverse. And we saw uh, Facebook, right, uh, moving their name to Meta. And it's all in conjunction with this movement to the metaverse. And I saw tweets about how Microsoft is also moving into that space and how PowerPoint and Microsoft Teams and other apps are going to be made available. Excel in the metaverse. So imagine that you've, you know, you're in that metaverse and, uh, We'll see how that goes in terms of uh, acceptance, but you can see how um, you might be in this augmented reality world, but you've got your Excel spreadsheets and all for productivity. I would not recommend having, you know, Excel kind of things like up maybe as you're going out or at the pub, maybe you are happy to do that. But yeah, try to, try to, um, you know, uh, change up and not mix work with pleasure too much, but who knows? We'll see how it goes, right? So there's some information here on what is Web 3.0, which is part of all of this and the whole DeFi kind of movement. So worth a look. And this is from Seeking Alpha. So yeah, it's uh, another source of news and insights, not just for ETS, but also the markets in general. And now we're at the videos. And so in this one here, this is from the ASA and it's a conversation that we had with Rachel and we got to chat about looking under the hood of ETFs and we saw that at the start of this video you can check it out on YouTube as well and that's in line with they've got a virtual investor forum and if people are interested we will uh, provide via the email and we'll put it in the newsletter as well if you want um, an offer to that so if you're a subscriber you can check that out there's an offer code to get a $20 discount on the tickets especially if you're interested in ETFs and LICs worth a look Okay, the next one is from Ausbiz. So let's get to the Ausbiz videos. And we do these each week because they've got great content, not just for ETS, but also for many other things from markets to macroeconomics to startups. So worth a look at there. And they are free to access as well. So you'll get a short snippet of the video if you don't register. But when you do register, and they've made that registration process really easy. Now you can just um, have a few clicks and you're already in. But yeah, make sure you register so you can see the full videos here. This first one is from BetaShares and it's talking with Adam O'Connor, talking about the inflationary environment ahead and how to position for that. So Adam says that there's been a shift in positioning among ETF investors recently, noting a clear lift in demand for markets and sectors that will benefit in a reflationary environment. And so worth a look at things like banks, food and small caps that have performed particularly well. So check out that video. In this one here, it is from uh, James Whelan that they interviewed talking about things like the Financial Times 
breakfast index, which has been going up. So the cost of breakfast, we've heard of the Big Mac index. This is the cost of breakfast index. So it has been going up. So it's getting pricier, but here's how you can benefit. So a great video there from James and team. And in this one here from also the Osbiz guys, it's about Tesla taking the cake. And they talk with John Winters, who gets on there weekly to go through what has been going on in the superhero platform. So what's been traded the most in terms of stocks and in particular ETFs. So BITO in the ETF space was doing well. And so uh, we've seen a lot of that there as well as NDQ. So people getting into NASDAQ technology type ETFs are worth a look. And then finally, we've got the compound here. This is play dumb, get rich. What are your thoughts? And that's their what are your thoughts episode. They've got Michael Batnick and Josh Brown going through the news of the week from inflation protection to the large amounts of capital pouring into startups over there. And then in terms of markets, October results in the US were the best October for six years. So it did bounce just like we've seen here in Australia off a weak September, but it was the best October in a while. So additionally, they go through ETF flows data and look at whether flows can impact prices. And the answer appears to be yes. And that's 44 minutes there. Okay, we've got two podcasts here as well. And so the first one is ETF Edge by CNBC and it's the active passive divide. In this episode, it's the host Bob Bassani and his guests discuss the age old battle between active management and passive strategies armed with fresh data from Morningstar's latest report on this. Overall, they see the passive is still the big winner despite a very topsy-turvy couple of years. So worth a look at there. Now that does not mean that all active is bad. It just means that on the average, um, more passive strategies worked better than the active ones, but you do see actives can outperform and they're built to outperform. So definitely something to consider there. If you find a really good manager, uh, fund manager, and you really like their style and what they're doing, you are better off with an active strategy and there's room for both in portfolios and there's room for, you know, not just ETFs, there's room for stocks and ETFs. You've got to gauge a level of risk there. So worth a listen to that one here. And then ETF Prime, Nate Garacy from ETF Prime goes through the evolution of ESG investing and per the show notes, he says that Lara Krieger highlights 2021's ESG ETF success stories and explains how the definition of ESG is evolving. And I've also got Laura Segafredo and Sarah Greenberg discuss ESG conditions in investor portfolios with a particular focus on climate change. Will Hershey offers a unique perspective on ETF ticker symbols and the importance of social media in the ETF business. And uh, yeah, social media is great. You need that to be able to advertise your ETFs and what it is that you're doing. We saw the launch of DHOF, uh, D-H-O-F from eInvest. And that's had some good numbers so far in just two days of trading. And they've got a great kind of marketing push on the various social media channels uh, for that. So make sure you check out these ETFs and other providers as to what is coming out. It's not just all Bitcoin. There are other ETFs as well. I know the focus has been on those Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and blockchain type ETFs, but make sure you keep an eye on things because you could be waiting on the sidelines for some type of ETF that has the kind of assets that you're interested in and it comes out. So just keep an eye on that. And now we're at the tweet of the week. And in this one, it's Eric Bartunas of Bloomberg. This chart here that he's got shows the inflows into ETFs with the word inflation in them. So is inflation the new craze? And we've got a link here to the uh, tweet, but you can see that here. And he's got all of the different ETFs that have inflation in them from tip, V-tip, 
SCHP, SCIP, IBOL, SPIP, etc., etc. And you've got the one day, one week, year to date, one year, and three year flows. They've combined for 34 billion in flows. That's a 36%, 36% organic growth rate, which is definitely worth the craze label. So check that out. Now in chart of the week, this is also from Twitter, but it's one that I think is of interest uh, to us and for people that are looking at this, you should definitely follow, um, definitely follow Eric above, but also follow Mike Aikens from ETF Action. He tweets each week showing the movements in the market. So what the best performance were, uh, best and worst performance were across the US ETF landscape. So if we take a look here, you can see he's got the themes around sustainability, disruptive tech, um, multi-asset and or multi-sector, evolving consumer, industrial revolutions, fintech and health and innovation. So it's across the theme type ETFs. And there's so much more ETFs there in the US and globally versus what we've got here in Australia. So worth a look at there. He's also got other heat map charts. So definitely worth subscribing to him. And then finally, we've got the ETF education section. And in this one, we are looking at iShares and they've got their ETF education center. So worth a look at what they've got here. They've got things on what is an ETF and how to uh, do some more in, in terms of like the benefits of ETFs, choosing the right ETFs, portfolio construction and more. So make sure you check that out from the team over at iShares. And that is it for the week. And so I've got another tab open, which shows the previous newsletters that we've had. So you can see here issue 15, 14, 13, 12, going all the way back to the very first issue that we published. These were all via newsletter, just in email format. So we were sending this out to the hundreds of subscribers that we've got. And the problem was that you had to dig through your emails to see all the history. But now, uh, I think maybe it was like three or four weeks ago, we actually put all of these up. We republished them to the website. So if you go to the blog, it's the last section here, which is Exchange Traded Fridays. And yeah, you can check out all the previous ones if you've missed any of the news. But that's it. Okay, so thank you very, very much for your time this week. I hope you have had a great week. If you made some punts on the horses for the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday, I hope you did well. And if it didn't work out like it did for me, like it didn't work out for me, I hope you didn't lose too much either. So play it safe out there, be well, and I will see you next week. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and we will speak with you soon. Take care.